I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, starting May 6th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's committing sex crimes? My actor who starred in Hard Target? I think Hard Target was I have a no Steven idea. Seagal film. Um, is best besties sure with Putin? What there, there's no there's no yeah, film I mean, called there's no out. film called Hard Target. It's hard to kill. Maybe you're thinking hard, is it hard to kill? Are you I sure he no was not idea. in I, his film I Wikipedia. I just control F his Wikipedia page for Hard Target, and there's yeah. no result. So. No, no, there's Hard Target. Yeah, he has, he's in a final shootout with John Claude Van Damme. Oh, um, why didn't wait, or is hard, no, wait, no, Hard Target. Wait, no, yeah, it's Van Damme and Steven Seagal. Uh, well, I'm just yeah, mad, directed though. by John Woo. Um, let me double check Why here. Why isn't this on his filmography? Uh, yeah, John Claude Van Damme is Chance Boudreau. Um, huh. And wait, no, maybe he's not in this. Uh, I mean, okay, Steven biggest... Seagal is not in Hard Target. I don't know why. Why do you it just trust me? Like yeah, instead trust of we, I, this is the episode, right? Where yeah, we're going? Where we're going? Okay, we're already. Next time, you just already trust me. Into this Aren't shit. His biggest, yeah. Isn't his biggest All film right. on Deadly Ground? Exit all his probably a, all yeah, his titles a of couple. his movies are so wild. They're his, so stupid. His latest movie, not rated, was Beyond the Law. Mm, well, <laughs> that is actually a good title for a movie about Steven Seagal General because he Commander, both worked as a cop China salesman. Like and while this is so was, bad. While he was working as a cop in a questionably legal capacity, he rammed a tank into a guy's chicken farm and maybe killed a puppy. I think that's that's the oh. allegation. Um, he's like got allegations of sex trafficking, uh, against him. Uh, he's almost certainly sexually assaulted women. There's certainly allegations of sexual assault. Numerous. Uh, he's like basically every other year been mobbed up. Yeah. And there's a lot by, there's a lot of 
interesting evidence behind the mobbed up thing. He's connected to Putin. He's connected to Lukashenko, the dictator of Belarus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he's just a, he's a, like a bafflingly bad person. Like yeah. Steven Seagal, like, right, you hear action movie star and you're like, okay, well, I expect that, you know, they've done some shady shit. They've endorsed products that, you know, are made through human trafficking or whatever. They've probably sexually harassed people. Mm-hmm. Steven Seagal is like a bad person for a male action star from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's the worst of them. And they're all, almost all pretty bad. <laughs> like, he's... He's the worst of them. I guess we'd say Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best of them, even though he also has uh, allegations of sexual harassment against him. But as far as I can tell, never sexually trafficked a human being. He does right. have um, pet donkeys, or, which I appreciate. Or rammed a tank into a guy's house. I mean, um, even just his Wikipedia page it, is so wild. But, like, yeah. first of all... It's unhinged. It's fun unhinged. Fact, fun tell fact, us. he has an extensive sword collection and a custom-made gun yes, of course. made for him once a month. Once had this happen for him. And then he yeah. also... Um, I don't believe that. N- nor do I. I love and he also it. Wrote, he did, We find out Steven Seagal is writing Steven Seagal's own Wikipedia page. Yeah. But also, like, there are costs. other things that, like, clash completely. Like, he's a Buddhist, and apparently he wrote an open he's letter to Thailand really in 2003 that was urging them to yeah. enact a law to prevent the torture of baby elephants. So, like... And then he was granted in 1999 the PETA Humanitarian Award. So he's like, yeah, he's gotten some weird awards. He doesn't deserve them um, yeah. at all. He's a he's a weirdo. The bad he, like, he the also, good for sure. He cut an incredibly horny uh, album horny. that uh, includes a song where he says that he wants the punani tonight. Um, we did a two parter with Sean Baby about Steven Seagal, and he's um he's like he's pretty bad. Wait, he's, he says he's the word really, punani. He says the word Punani, Shireen. Can I leave now, now? If you listen to it, you, you can't heard undo all I to hear. the fact. Like, there's, there's certain bridges you can't uncross, right? It's like the first time you see a dead body. Like, you're mm. a little different ever, every other day after that. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time you hear Steven Seagal sing that he wants the Punani tonight, nothing is ever the same. It, it fundamentally Even, honestly, changes Robert, you hearing you say that twice yeah. doesn't make me the same either. Was it so. necessary? Well, you know, I, it, it's kind of like a vaccine, Shireen. So because it's going to have an impact on you, but because <laughs> I've said it, when you hear Steven Seagal say it, it will have less of a toxic impact on you. I do want someone to just take that that excerpt out and just have Robert saying whatever you said about the Punani. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I hate that I've said the word three times now. Yeah, but, Shireen, um, I don't like when I you know, say it either. I, 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 I honestly, if we're talking about this, I can't think of a word I hate more than Punani. <laughs> That's, it's the, one of the worst it. words that's ever existed. Yeah, it really is. Um, this is true. It's just such a like I if if I were like really into somebody and we were about to like, you know, do a thing and they use that word, I think I would stop. I think it would just be like, <laughs> well, that's we're d- like I can't I can't we can't proceed with so this. So are we saying this the, the are we saying the, the word punani might be who oh, I hated that I said that word is the uh the the newest form of birth control? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I think it, it might be more effective, <laughs> effective than an IUD. Yeah. Okay, funny. But it's fun fact, simultaneously though. has all of the hormonal side effects of an IUD yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. Do I know a fun yeah. fact about the origin 
I just looked it up. I don't know this or of, off the top of my of head. Of the word or yeah, of the IUD? Of Punani. I, okay. okay. I don't don't make me say it more than once, Robert. Okay. You've said it like six times, Shereen. I'm concerned. Yeah. If the, if we need We're one all of those pot trackers. with Punani now. Yeah. But okay. Apparently it was first used in the Kama Sutra. And it's a word to describe uh-huh. the female genitalia. Surprise, surprise. But yes. then the Hawaiian yes. slang for vagina or vulva is also that word. And it means beautiful flower. So... Oh, you made, you know, you I made don't it less be like, gross. You made it less I know, gross. I feel bad now, but I look, also just hate it. I hate when a, a white person I, says it. That's, that's fair, right? I yeah. Think, a white I, man. Sure I hate when Steven Seagal says it. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's a fine word within its original context in the culture that it was birthed, but Steven Seagal has, has done unmitigated damage to the term. Oh, yeah. And Recording it on a him. song, it's, it's done now. There's no more. There's no coming there's back There's no redemption that on that. Yeah. And I'm sorry yeah, I mean, to the... The real meaning of it. You don't deserve that, you beautiful yeah. flower. Yeah, because Steven Seagal, it, I don't even want to talk about Steven Seagal and flowers. That just, that in and of itself feels gross to me. Shireen, do you like the written word? <laughs> sure. Novels, fiction? Yeah, I pretend to read sometimes. You, you, Yeah, who doesn't love a good, a good piece of just really getting able to like dig in and get, you know, so to speak, Punani deep in in a in a real work of fiction. Well, hated that's, that. That's what I hated that, Robert, <laughs> with a fiery passion. Oh, do you want to know God, one of my favorite books? One of my favorite books, what? actually, it came out a couple years ago. The author is so fascinating. The authors, I should say, um, it's called "The Way of the Shadow Wolves: uh, The Deep State of <laughs> in Hijacking of oh, America." Oh, <laughs> Shireen, I have incredible news. <laughs> oh, really? That's what we're reading today. My favorite um, book. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be pretty great. Um, so we talked about this during the Ben Shapiro's unreadable book episodes about maybe maybe doing you know, the way of the shadow wolves with Katie and Cody. But mm-hmm. then I got mailed um, actually an antique book from like a century ago that I'm going to read with them. And it, it just, I, but I still wanted to give people the way of the shadow wolves because this is a special book. So it's written by Steven Seagal and a fellow named Tom Morrissey. Tom Morrissey is a former U S marshal, a businessman, a writer, and a musician. I'm getting this uh, from the website where he ran for mayor of Payson, Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. And he looks like the guy, like, okay, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Tom started his writing career in the music business as a songwriter and performer. He wrote songs for such greats as Ray Charles, Richie Havens, Brooke Benton, and The Crazy Elephant. I only know who Ray Charles is, and I don't know if this is true. He might be lying. He wrote a book with Steven Seagal, so keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, He says he spent a lifetime studying martial arts, including a rare form of Chinese internal martial arts known as Xing Yi, under Grand Master Kenny Gong of Canton in China. I have to assume he's lying about that. Yeah. Because again, Steven Seagal claims to be a martial arts master, but you can find videos of him doing his his bullshit throw people martial arts. And it's just people who have been paid to make him feel like a big man. Yeah. Like he can't like fight. Mar- you, martial whoever... arts to white men is what yeah. yoga is to white women. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, well, they shouldn't be there. Yeah. It's yeah, or like they shouldn't appropriate it so much. I've known some people who get into like you know jujitsu or whatever, and like it it can be it's great for your health. It can be Mm -hmm. uh, useful in a variety of ways. That's not what Steven Seagal does. Steven Seagal pretends (laughs) to throw people in videos where you can hear him wheezing hard enough that he nearly (laughs) collapses. Every single person, both on this podcast and listening to it, could take Steven Seagal in a fair fight. I feel incredibly confident of that. (laughs) 
Um, like I, there is not a doubt in my head that no matter who you are listening to this, you could take, and there's like a 12 year old listening. And I want you to know, yes, you too could drop <laughs> Steven Seagal if you had to. And it, it yeah. wouldn't be that big a deal for you. I promise you. You just gotta like get him where it hurts, like in his knees. Like he's he's not he's like an old, old person now, you know. Like I don't he yeah. can't fight back really. And I don't mean to. You shouldn't beat up old people, but you should beat up Steven Seagal. You should beat up Steven Seagal. You should have done that no matter his age, because he physically abused a number of the women he was intimate with. Uh, probably all of them, based on what yeah. we know. Um, again, he's a monster. So Tom Morrissey is his co-author on this because Tom Morrissey is a U.S. Marshal and I believe the character Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal's self-insert character in The Way of the Shadow Wolves is also a U.S. Marshal. And as you mm-hmm. noted, the 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 sub-headline or the subtitle is The Deep State and the Hijacking of America. <laughs> and on the front cover, the front cover of this book is one of the best things I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Yeah. It's it's Steven Seagal wearing like a 70s oh my God, it's so uh, leather jacket with like the tassels all down the front, which the I fringe, think is like the fringe, like yeah, leather the fringe. fringe. Yeah. And I believe it's I mean, he claims uh, to have indigenous ancestry. I think I don't yeah, know sure how do. accurate yeah, that yeah. is, because, again, he lies about almost everything. I think the jacket is him appropriating native culture. He's got oh, a belt buckle that I think is a headdress belt buckle. And he's wearing a oh, huge. No. All of this is clearly photoshopped onto his body, a huge turquoise amulet. You can also <laughs> see him carrying a gun the wrong way in a shoulder holster through a jacket because if you can see i carry a shoulder holster a lot of the time if you can see the gun through the split in the jacket when it's open you're not carrying it properly the point (laughs) is that your gun is not visible because it's a anyway but like no but the way his hand is on the jacket it's almost like here it is like he wants you to see like Oh, he wants he you to has see he's packing. Yeah. He wants you to see he's carrying a gun the wrong way. Because also, <laughs> it's not just that it's visible, it's that the handle is visible right below his sternum in the center of his chest. I don't know how you could wear a shoulder holster <laughs> in a way that would display the gun in that. It's 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 wrong. Everything about it's I mean, wrong. I you love, have to know he has I a gun, that, otherwise like, he's not a man. Yeah, I mean, I love that I already thought the cover was ridiculous, but I love that you brought like factual yeah. evidence that it is ridiculous. You know, I would never have looked at that and been like, well, how do you wear a gun that way? You know what I mean? So it, thank it, you. I, there's some chest rigs that you wear. I can't stop looking like, at it, though. <laughs> it's so there bad. Are some ch- there are some, it might, I guess it's theoretically possible he's wearing a chest rig for the gun. So there's shoulder holsters and then there's rigs where you strap the gun in the middle of your chest. And it's meant to be open carried if you're like out in the backcountry in Alaska and you might encounter a grizzly bear and you want to very quickly be able to access a firearm because you're worried about bears. People carry guns that way for hunting sometimes. People like marshals don't conceal carry gun Anyway, I'm going off too much on this guy's carry rig, but it's baffling to me. Um, it's, ba- it's one of the many things about this book. Yeah. Just based off what I've so, quickly, quickly read, that it's baffling. What's we've, also we've, funny we've is the photos used on the back cover. Have you seen that? Sophie, we have a lot to get I'm into sorry, here. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like so they found behind... one. F- what? 
Sorry. We have to take this one by one, Sophie. Otherwise, okay. we're not going to get through any oh, of this. Fair enough. On the cover, <laughs> outside of the clearly heavily every aspect of the photo of Steven Seagal on the front of the cover is photoshopped. Behind him is a giant wolf <laughs> that takes up half of the cover with its staring eyes. He's directly in the middle of the wolf's staring eyes. What gets um, me is that he probably thought he looked amazing. so cool. Oh, you know? he thought this. He's got a fucking print of this book cover in his house and it's 12 feet tall. You know he does. Yeah. Uh, this gets him a half chub whenever he walks out into his, his living room. I don't want to imagine him getting a half chub, but okay. <laughs> Nor do well, I. Yeah, we didn't want to imagine him saying Punani, but that's Robert, what happened. You, God damn no it. more. No more. Look, but I, I will can't say help that he wants the Punani tonight. What? That's the way it, it goes. <laughs> it was self, but this book was self-published. Like no one wanted to publish it. Yeah, this was, I, I, he found a vanity publisher. Um, who was the, I wonder if it's the same publisher who published Ben Shapiro's unreadable book. It says it was self-published on Wikipedia, but I wonder what, like, if they went through like a distributor or something. Yeah, I think, I mean, they did to some extent, because Steven Seagal didn't figure out the Kindle layout himself. He didn't figure out right, how to like course. print it. Yeah. They hired someone. It just, interns, it wasn't, probably a publisher did not say, we like this book, here's money, you know? Right, yeah. Um, he paid to have this published. Also, the, Fifth his Palace Publishing, his LLC. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what, why he has his, I'm, I'm, he, he wants you to know he's packing. He's like, look at me, I'm a big shot. Yeah, his hands, his hands Wait, are, are you, I'm not going to jump ahead, but Robert, please tell me you're going to read some of these reviews of this book. Yeah, we might we might either start or end with that. I'm looking up his publisher right now, Fifth Publi Palace Publishing. Well, why are oh, they have a well, Facebook? Thank God. Oh, Let's see how their Facebook's okay. doing. Um, 364 people like it, 372 people follow oh, it. So, pathetic. oh, and the most recent post is from 2018, and it's about the way oh. of the shadow wolves. Yeah, uh, of course, of course. Yeah, and it it says entertaining in the beginning, chilling in the end, with uh big dot dot dots in between both. From <laughs> and it's credited oh, yeah. to. <laughs> Amazon reviewer. Oh my god! This is so good. Oh my god! It's amazing. So the I Shireen, we're having a tangent here because <laughs> this is the last post. It's three years old. January nineteenth, two thousand eighteen, was the last post from Fifth Palace announcing the publication of Way of the Shadow Wolves. The only commenter on that post, which has. 18 shares and 118 likes. One guy named Ron Johnson commented eight times. All of his comments are in <laughs> caps. And I'm going to read his comments from top to bottom, okay? Please. And again, please. these are in all caps. I am not asking you for his phone number because I know you cannot do that. However, have him call my... <laughs> Post one. Post two. Therefore, I truly would appreciate it if you could contact my cousin Tom and ask him to give me a call at my beach house in Smyrna, Florida. My home fun phone number is as fellows. I think he meant to type follows. And then he puts his phone number there. Um, these are from a year ago. Okay, I hope he got help. Jesus. Yeah. He keeps posting. He's talking. Wow. Tom also has a brother named Charles and a sister named Linda. <laughs> when I was a teenager, Tom was. What is this about? Oh, so he knows Tom Morrissey, I guess. Um, he's my, my name is Ron Thompson. I am a Suedo. S U E D O. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, can I? Can baffling. I just like this is baffling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do want to say I don't. I, I just really may want to make sure people hear what actual publication said about this book. Like 
Vulture called it completely batshit insane. The Phoenix (laughs) New Times called it garbage and breathtakingly bad. Um, Hard to follow who's speaking. uh, Fight scenes that were even more boring than the dialogue. These are quotes from actual publications. Amazing. Love it. So we're in for a real treat. Now I want to cover, because I promised Sophie we would, the back cover, which is not in my Kindle, oddly enough. I'm going to look this Um, up. Where are you seeing the back cover? Because it's not on my Kindle. I will fucking send this to you both. Send that send that shit into the into the chat and we'll we'll dig into this son of a bitch. Um, By the way, obviously, we're doing a book episode because I don't have time to write as much as I would like to. So you you can just what are you going to do? What are you going to complain you know, no, you're not going to go listen to come town. Probably some of you. It's $15 but in a way, on Amazon. This book come town. Oh, I only paid two ninety nine for the Kindle, but I'm just going to ask to, um, the thing that we always do with these is you get it on Kindle and then you immediately request a refund when you're done with the episode. Mm. And it generally works pretty well. Um, Love that for us. So yeah, the mm-hmm. back cover is absurd so so this so so tom morrissey's photo on the back crystal we'll get to steven but tom morrissey's photo on the back cover looks like they found a random photo on like <laughs> a relative's facebook page yeah. from like a wedding oh and my they God, were like yeah they cropped, it they cropped a photo it. of him as an it's clearly him at an event and they've just cropped his face yes. and he they doesn't realize he's face. being photographed like the photo of him on the back of this book is the moment of him realizing he's part of a larger photograph and he doesn't look happy about no, it correct, <laughs> and this all. is this is the best photo they could find for the book <laughs> that he wrote with steven seagal um absolutely incredible so here's here's and the steven seagal photo is easily 25 years old <laughs> like yeah this is the photo easily. for steven is from the 90s <laughs> yes okay and the, bi- so here's the what bio the ba- is very funny too <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna just read. I have to read the bios. Steven Seagal is an actor, producer, screenwriter, director, alleged rapist and human sex trafficker, martial artist, sheriff, musician, and international businessman. Born in the USA with Mohawk heritage, he is passionate about restoring the Constitution as the foundation for our republic and a return to responsible stewardship of Mother Earth, such as practiced by the Native Americans. Tom Morrissey is a retired chief deputy U.S. marshal, martial artist, veteran of the U.S. Army, musician, author, political leader, and activist. He was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, to a blue-collar family in a culturally diverse community. He loves to tell a good story about his dream of the return of his country's founding principles with power back to the people. And there is an there is a a blurb on the back that's like a, a huge paragraph from Louis McKinney, former director of the U.S. Marshal Service, the guys who've been assassinating people lately. Um, both that dude, um, Winston Smith in uh, yeah. uh, 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 Minneapolis and uh, Michael Reinhold in Portland, uh, yeah. the guys who, I don't know, probably tear gassed me. I mean, I think I only got gassed by the marshals like a dozen times and shot with some munitions. Garrison got gassed by them more often. Um there was a Sorry, fun moment Garrison. where they were shooting specifically at Garrison, and he didn't realize well. it because he was so busy filming. Um, okay. As director of the U.S. Marshal Service, I fully understood the challenges which face all law enforcement officers in their day-to-day activities. This is the story of a tribal police officer who stumbles onto one of the most notorious cases of all time in the Arizona desert. Although it is fiction, the story could have come from today's headlines. I know both of the authors, and I know their law enforcement experience, which is evident as they weave a tale of adventure, mystery, action, and betrayal. Steven Seagal is not only a master martial artist and film star, he's neither, but also is an experienced police officer. He is not. Tom Morris 
Massey is a retired <laughs> chief deputy U.S. marshal from Arizona who has intimate knowledge of the work in the local area. Together, they have written a book which had me feeling like I was back on the street protecting the citizens of this great nation. So I have to, again, he was legally a law enforcement officer because he was deputized by Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Arizona sheriffs who, who wrote the forward? Deputize, who wrote the forward? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that has been done for years is Arizona sheriffs will deputize any rich person, like especially in rural Arizona, any rich person who's willing to spend like a weekend or two a year pretending to be is a like, sheriff's deputy. Is that like England knighting people? No, there's a there's a real benefit to it, unlike being a knight. Oh, okay. Um, if you are if you are if you basically get a sheriff's deputy to deputize you, even if you only do it once a year and you don't live in Arizona, you can then carry a concealed gun basically everywhere because oh, cops can't. Wow. So that's why like rich dudes will do it is you get this you Damn. basically get law enforcement rights to carry a gun any fucking place Damn. um so that's the kind of cop <laughs> that joe Arpaio or that uh well mm-hmm. that both that that steven zagal is so god but this has been quite quite the introduction to the way of the shadow wolves um and the deep state and the hijacking of america um i want to read the dedication first so we can start after the break with joe Arpaio. Mm-hmm. We dedicate this book to the Native Americans who were vic- victims of genocide by the early invaders from Europe, to the tribal police who combined the old ways and the new to defend our border with intelligence and integrity, to the U.S. Marshals, most of whom represent the ideal of the Texas Rangers who massacred indigenous people, whose who ca- whose job was to kill Native Americans. Yeah. That's amazing. That You start with, like, we, we recognize the Native American genocide. Also, you know who's rad? The guys who did it. That's um, absurd. How does no one... awesome. How- uh, How Steven. are they that oblivious? It's I don't know, man. Because they they their knowledge of history is based on four episodes of Walker Texas Ranger and a statue of a guy with a cowboy hat. That's that's mm. their knowledge of history. Of course, um, of course. But you know who does understand history, Shireen? Raytheon. Oh, Shireen. You know, I think it was our friend of the pod, Benito Mussolini, who said that blood alone moves the wheels of history. And if anyone understands that, it's our sponsors at Raytheon. And because the wheels of history need to keep moving, they make sure the blood keeps flowing. That's the Raytheon guarantee. Never an end to the bloodshed. So celebrate death with Raytheon. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. 
All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, we're back. We're Unfortunately, yeah. celebrating death. Um, oh, God. So after the <laughs> foreword where he says, remember the genocide of the natives and also the cool dudes who did it. Um, there's this disclaimer. This is a work of fiction and any resemblance to anyone living or dead is purely coincidental. But always remember that the truth comes in many forms. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I'm so on board. All right. So the oh foreword by Jer- Sarah, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, whose police, whose sheriff's deputies in their prison, which it committed a number of crimes against humanity, uh, led women to have miscarriages by locking them in uh, intolerable conditions without air conditioning, who beat and restrained mentally handicapped people who then died in summer heat waves. Um, fucking just hell. A, like fucking concentrate. He ran a concentration camp. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Real bad. We'll cut. We will get to Joe Arpaio. Like we've I've been promising that for a while, but we really do need to. But anyway, here's the forward to his book. 
I strongly identify with this book because in many ways I lived what is portrayed on its pages. During my over 26 career in the DEA, I worked as a young agent in the mountains of Turkey, often on my own, chasing illegal drug merchants as part of the war on drugs. How'd that go, Joe? You guys win? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it was drugs. It was drugs that beat your ass. Sorry. I had to work side by side with individuals who were actually sabotaging my efforts and even putting my life in danger. Dude, if fucking people in the mountains of Turkey had wanted you dead, you wouldn't be alive. You weren't worth the trouble. Anyway, this was because they were on the payroll of the illicit drug underground. I was promoted to regional director of the DEA office in Mexico and Latin America. What I experienced during that time brought me an understanding of the mindset and customs of the drug cartels, which drive those organizations to this very day. As the longest serving elected sheriff in Maricopa County, Arizona history, I brought my experience to that organization. Arizona today is and has been ground zero concerning illegal immigration and drug running. The deserts of this great state contain the hidden highways used by drug cartels as they pour across our unsecured borders. Wasn't your job to secure the border? Anyway, that flow has slowed under President Donald Trump. However, there are powers known today as the deep state working against his efforts. The activities of the deep state operatives are a grave danger to our country because they are working against the effort to secure our borders. It is my belief that books such as this bring a better understanding through fiction. This will help to bring an awakening which has been smothered by the entrenched leftist mindset that dominates the creative media in this country today. I know and have worked with Steven Seagal, who is a law enforcement officer. You have to keep saying that because he's not. Along with being an international movie star, also not what Steven Seagal is. He has an unusual understanding of the world in which this story takes place. During his time with my office, he proved his skills as a fugitive hunter when he arrested one of our top fugitives within 48 hours after beginning the search for him. He brought us a really effective way of getting the job done. You really can. I first met Tom Morrissey when he was a chief U- deputy U.S. marshal for the Federal District of Arizona. We came to be close allies and united our agencies as we fought the good fight against the evolving threat of illegal drugs that were moving through Arizona. Both of these men bring their experiences to life on the pages of this book. It is my hope that you have not only enjoyed the storyline of The Way of the Shadow Wolves, but you will also think about the message portrayed here. It is less than a hair's breadth from the frightening truth of what is actually happening today in America. Wow. This is like a Fox News wet dream. It really, yeah. really is. Here's the thing. I kind of suspect it might be a better book than Ben Shapiro's. That there's not a that's not a zero low chance bar, possibility. Man. Yeah, low bar. It's, the, it's literally the lowest bar possible for if they don't like cut randomly between viewpoint characters without telling you and make it clear like the basics of the passage of time. This will be a better book than True Allegiance. <laughs> I'm just I just I think that might be possible because what I what I will say, Ben Shapiro has never done anything but been Ben Shapiro. Both of these author, uh, authors have gone out into the world and lived life. They've been terrible lives, and they've left huge amounts of human shrapnel in their wake. But Steven Seagal has been out in the world. Yeah. You know, you, you can't take that from Steven. Um, again, been out in the world as a human sex trafficker, but been out yeah. in the world. Um, I just think so. it's... Sorry, I I was kind of glossing over a few things on his Wikipedia page. And I just have to mention this. I don't know if you mentioned it the first time, but he's had a lot of like, just along the lines of him being some like good fighter or like saving the fucking city or state of Arizona or anything, but he's had a lot of altercations and like, um, uh, criticism of the the stunt people he works with. And in one instance, I have to read this out loud in one instance, the guy that made him crap his pants. Yes. Oh my God. God, yeah, says, we did a two-parter on Steven. And okay, we talk I'm about glad. This, yeah, I'm glad that yeah. was part of it. I'm just, I cannot. This guy has like a no, literal pile of shit it. on him. 
Like yeah. in every way, metaphorically it's and amazing. not. I just can't believe this one person has all this shit. Yeah, he was. He, it was a stunt man who was like an expert martial artist. Yeah. And Stephen was like, "Well, it's impossible to choke me out because of my aikido skills." And the guy was like, "It's not impossible to choke anyone out. Literally, anyone can be choked out if you have a neck." And yeah. Stephen was like, "Not me, man." And then the guy choked him out, and he shat his pants. Well, because Seagal said literally, he said "go," and then so he knocked yeah. him. Or he choked him unconscious, yeah. and then he yeah. lost control of his bowels. <laughs> like what? Well, it's just oh, such, an such un- a joke. It's an unhinged thing to say because, like, anyone can be choked out if you have a throat. Like, I he I've says done he a was immune. Yeah, it said yeah. he he said he claimed he was immune. Yeah. Like, who do you think no you are? No one is immune. You have a throat. <laughs> I mean, he does like, have a thick yeah. ass neck, so maybe he it's thought like that saying would saying you're immune to bullets. Like, I, you <laughs> know what? Alex Jones might be immune to getting choked out because his neck is about as wide around as like a human torso. But Yikes. Jesus Christ, not you Steven said it, man, Seagal. not me. Yeah, he's got a massive neck. It's bizarre. Anyway, I'm just I'm like glad that you mentioned bullfrog. that in the last yeah. one. I just cannot get over all of these things. Like his, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You got to check out our two-parter on Steven Seagal, but we have to move in to the preface, which is, um, I think is just starting with, it appears to be a multi-page, well, it's a page and a half long rant about the deep state. What if the deep state is not, as some strive to suggest, unelected government officials, generally in the secret intelligence community and the military, who run amok outside the rule of law? What if abusive elements of the federal government are very much a part of the deep state, but they should be seen as the best of the servant class, not the masters? That's not a sentence. What if abusive evidence of the federal government are very much... I have to diagram this sentence to you. We're doing this again. Sorry. What if abusive elements of the federal government are very much a part of the deep state, comma, but they should be seen as the best of the servant class dash not the masters question mark what is that saying what? that's not a sentence um, i can't it's believe also, the whole paragraph ahead. is nonsensical because he's saying well people say the deep state is unelected government officials you know acting outside of the rule of law but what if the deep state is really elements of the federal government being abusive it's like well yeah that's you, you're saying, like, what if the deep state is, isn't is government officials abusing the law, but it's instead government officials abusing the law? Like, yeah, like, what? What? What, 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 a, what a, like, cyclical, weird point to make. Like, what are you, you saying? Know, Shireen, I have to, I, I'm a man who can admit when he's wrong, unlike Steven Seagal. I started this by saying this might be a better book than True Allegiance. I no longer believe that. <laughs> wow, that's very I big think, of you. Very I think I was you. just impressed by the writing quality that Joe Arpaio represented, which which is leaps and bounds above this first paragraph of the preface. Um, I apologize. This is terrible. I mean, both of them have truly uh, oh, no. ter- like terrible uh, uh, front covers. Like, like both of them have the most absurd yeah. front covers. Not sure which one is worse. The font on Ben Shapiro's? What is that? Yeah, um, what I'll give... Uh, ben Shapiro's, I think, is like competent, bad airline fiction. As in, okay. if I if I didn't if I didn't know who Ben Shapiro was, if I was just walking through an airport bookstore and I saw that cover alongside 20 other, like James Patterson and whatever, <laughs> it wouldn't stand out. I wouldn't be like, well, that's a particularly bad cover. I would be like, well, this looks like the kind of book you buy in an airport because your Kindle broke. Um... <laughs> 
I, I think the way of the shadow wolves, I would be like, the fuck is going on with this piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> well, Robert, how is his punctuation? Is he overusing the comma like Ben or um, what's he the deal? So far, we're two sentences in and neither of them are legally sentences. So, they don't make sense so at all. <laughs> not like, what great. if what if the Again, deep state was the deep state? I am walking away impressed <laughs> with Joe Arpaio's writing quality because it, it, well, it, it he at least wrote proper sentences, broadly speaking. So, second paragraph: What if the deep state begins with one of the world's largest churches and one of the world's most powerful families who control London, Wall Street, as well as the central bank? Okay, so we're getting cat, we're getting Vatican and Rothschild conspiracies. I'm pretty sure. I wonder how much anti-Semitism in this, because when you talk about the most powerful families who control London and Wall Street and the central banks, you're talking about the Jews. That's what, like not that they do, but that's what you are. If you're writing right wing fiction and you talk about the family mm-hmm. that controls all of the banks, you're doing it. You're doing a racism. Um, even yeah. if you don't say the Jews, you're doing a racism. What if government? Uh, fail- sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just to go back to our, P- our how do you say his last name? Arpaio? Joe Ar- Arpaio. Arpaio. Joe Arpaio. Yeah. Ar- so. In the Phoenix New Times, they wrote a piece in 2018 that was like the most, the nine most insane parts of Steven Seagal's novel. But part of it is that Joe Arpaio admitted he hasn't read it. Of course (laughs) not. But in his forward, he made it seem like he did. I love that for him. In his forward, he said, I can tell you as America's longest running sheriff that this book is absolutely accurate. And, and then, then you like know, he goes it. on. Like, why would I read this, article, this shit? Yeah, in this article, he goes on to say uh, he's very busy. He's got a lot on his plate, and in quotes, "I've been busy doing a lot of things." Mm-hmm. <laughs> things. I oh, mean, I, I will say this: one of those things was apparently basic proofreading, um, because. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. I just had to mention that. I just think it's so crazy yeah. that someone not only like this would admit that multiple times. <laughs> So we're, I don't know. we're la- here's the second part of the second paragraph. What if governments failed to nationalize the central banks, leaving the deep state to be controlled by one of the world's largest churches and one of its most powerful families with their personally appointed agents throughout the world of finance? What if the greatest crimes against humanity occur at the banking level, where bankers are able to manipulate interest rates and foreign exchange rates, create billions in digital cash without backing, manufacture derivatives they sell to unwitting investors, and start wars to impact the price of oil and other commodities? What if beneath the bankers are political parties, generally two parties per country that conspire to exclude all other political parties and independence from power. What if in the United States, one party controls 17% of the other of eligible voters and the other party controls 13% of eligible voters? What if another... Okay, so this is like sovereign citizenship. It's like, yeah, I mean, fuck banks, but you're clearly saying bankers are controlling world government in like a like a like a racism way. Um, mm-hmm. And also your issue is not so much stuff like, I don't know, the IMF um, f- pushing austerity on countries that like primarily damages the global south and cuts support systems out from under large numbers of poor people who have had resources stolen from them for decades by the West. You're talking about like they they're not backed by the gold standard. That's your issue is that like the Fed doesn't use the gold standard. You have no issue with like. Any right. of the actual fucked up shit that the international finance, uh, uh, it whatever you want to call it, does. Um, okay, so 
Uh, da da da. What if the mainstream media is a complicit partner with the banking, political, and intelligence communities? I wonder if Joe Arpaio said anything about, I don't know, when a bunch of journalists revealed the Panama Papers and how rich people were hiding trillions in wealth, and then some of those journalists, one of them was killed with a car bomb. Not a word on that. That's it's fake just news. fake news colluding fake, with yeah. the banks. Which, yeah, Wait, plenty of journalists yeah. are, like, establishment guys. But, like, journalists died to reveal the kind of crimes yeah. that you clearly have no issue with because you're angry that we're not on the gold standard, you fucking weirdos. Um, um, I do yeah. have one more tangent whenever you're ready for me to go into it, but I would love for you to Hit continue. Me. I just, I, okay. Oh, I just, wait. I can't. Okay, I, I have to read this next okay, paragraph Okay, please, first. please, please. What if the universities are also complicit in the deep state narrative? What if most history taught as a lie? What if few realize that the Pulitzer Prize was created to honor the man who invented yellow journalism, the original fake news in which massive lies were told in order to justify wars? What if universities have refused for decades to actually study and publicize the true cost of specific policies, products, and behaviors because they've been incentivized by commercial interests to overlook the fact that most of what the West produces is both wasteful and harmful to human health and the environment? Um, cool. Wow. wow. Impressive okay. reading, I mean, first of that all. That was very impressive. Yeah, yeah. And it's always like, again, what makes this, I guess, potential. I don't think this was effective propaganda. There's elements of truth in that. But also, like, this is a guy who clearly thinks when he talks about universities not treating real history, he wants them to teach that Thomas Jefferson never repeatedly raped a child slave. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that he wants them to teach, I don't know, about how the U.S. repeatedly intervened in Guatemala and backed death squads that resulted in the genocide of a quarter of a million Maya and other indigenous people. It's not that he wants them to talk more about the Trail of Tears or talk more about the bombing of Cambodia. It's that it's it, history doesn't talk about how fucking rad Andrew Jackson was. Um, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's right about Pulitzer, who was who was kind of trash. Um, so, again, so far, it is more reasonable than Ben Shapiro's book. I will give it that. Um, that's a, that's a lot this, to say after everything I've heard, you know? <laughs> yeah, so he just is ranting about, like, clearly stuff that, like, the way he frames it, you could interpret this in a way that's, like, not entirely wrong, but also it's clear by some of the things he says that, number one, he's ranting about the Rothschilds, largely, and number mm-hmm. two, he's angry at the deep state for not... Uh, for and, and like angry at the colleges for talking about you know U.S. crimes against humanity and shit, um, like it's 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 nonsense stuff. It ends on the paragraph. What if this book is dedicated to the Constitution and the Republic? Would the answers to the preceding be in some ways answered? No, nothing that you've like. You this is just a bunch of like weird. You, you're he's repeating the same question over and over again. Um, he's not actually making any real statements, and I guarantee you this book will not answer any of these questions. It's going to be about Steven Seagal shooting people to death. Now, right. Shireen, before we get into chapter one, hit me. Okay. Um, in the same Phoenix New Times thing, so I read in the Wikipedia this is about like uh, how jihadists were being uh, tra- like uh, brought into the state or whatever. So apparently one of the, 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 the plan or the, like this, the plot behind this is that Sharia law is apparently already here in the U S and the plan okay. Okay. is that Obama is a secret Muslim. And then okay. I have to okay. read this one passage where they're fighting, Hell like yeah. the pr- protagonist gets into a knife fight. Oh fuck. Yeah. And he dips oh, his he's blade great at it. He dips his blade in pig's blood and then he sticks it in oh, this Muslim, a Muslim bad guy. Yeah. And it says, how does that pig blood feel, asshole? Is oh, it starting boy. to course through your veins? Maybe even oh, pissing off the prophet. 
Maybe oh even pissing God. off the prophet. Oh my God. And then, Amazing. and then it continues. It says, I have a special delivery from you from the prophet. He laughs and then uh, he does a deep stab into the Persian's throat. This is a quote from the book, killing him instantly. He drops to the ground on his way to meet Allah. Oh my God. Jeez. It's worse also, than I thought. Call, yeah. Calling him the Persian is really, of course. Um, wow. I just this can't. amazing. There's so much in like I I yeah. I uh, skipped over a lot of stuff, but there is a lot of disgusting things that he says about Muslims and, and uh, like I don't know. I just I didn't think it was this gross. It's amazing. I didn't know what I expected, like, but it's this. It's based on like a really a base, very basic misunderstanding of Islam, which is that like because something is haram, it's like kryptonite to Muslims. When in actuality, <laughs> the Prophet said. You can, if you're going to starve, it's okay to eat pork to yeah. save your life or your family's life. Like, I'm not, we're not out of our mind. It's like with, with Ramadan, um, you can eat during Ramadan during the day if you're, like, fighting in a war and you need yeah. to. If in you're order sick, to keep, like, yeah. If you're sick, like, it's not an unre, it's not a, like... It, again, he treats like a thing that's like, hey, it's best to avoid this, which every religion has shit like that, including whatever religion he follows, and treats it like Muslims will explode if you touch yeah. them with pigs. Like, it's, I mean, I, and they all do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like, like right growing up, thing. I had that reaction too. just would like peep my peers. Like I'd go to a party yeah. and there'd be like alcohol there. And even though I've had alcohol before, they'd be like, oh, don't show this to Cherie. And or like uh, yeah. if there was pepperoni pizza or something. Uh, it's like, oh, this it, is it's horrible. Um, it's not halal it's just like because like that trickles down to people that think they're being funny the second time i went to iraq i smuggled a bunch of cooked bacon packages because my fixer my best friend over in iraq really wanted to try bacon and hadn't had a chance to and like had no issue smuggling and also the drunkest i have ever been on a plane in my life has been air emirates and the guy (laughs) pouring the drinks was a muslim man who i don't believe had ever drank because of how he mixed the drinks but they were strong as fuck which is why Mm -hmm. i got why I vomited on an aircraft several times, but I made it to the back. It was fine. It was fine. I guess you're in the Mile High Club now in a different way. The amazing thing about Air Emirates is you can just ask them for four double screwdrivers and they'll bring you all four at once. They have, they don't give a shit. It's amazing. (laughs) Hey, if you're paying, that's all they care about. Yeah, that is all they give a shit about. Um, Mm -hmm. It's fucking rad. Anyway, I just love that like right wing thing where it's like, yeah, you know, you you guys as Christians, there's shit in the Bible you do that the Bible says don't do it. Uh, but I you mean, like do we're it seeing it even now, though. Yeah. Like there are members of Congress and people like politicians saying yeah. terrible things about Muslims Dude, still to this current day. Like Ilhan. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I went to a mega church as a kid that had an ATM, which I'm pretty sure is money changing in a temple. <laughs> I, I think it made, I think in Jesus's eyes, it would have been like, well, yeah, that's, you shouldn't be doing that in the fucking church. I wow. literally, the only time I assaulted people was over this. Wow. Um, anyway. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I just needed to mention that. It's horrid mm-hmm. and terrible. Yeah. And I just can't believe that's a, a, in a published book. I, mean, yeah, I can't believe I that people can are trash. But. Believe it. Yeah, uh, they sell bullets that have at least touched pig blood. Um, yeah. Wow. From Jihog wow. defensive ammunition, piece through pork. Um, though it's not available anymore. It was at some point. This is uh, looks like 2013. It's so weird to me because also yeah. Jewish people There's also pig in can't the paint, eat pork. So they. 
yeah, Jewish people can't. Well, anyone who buys these bullets would be happy shooting a Jewish person, too. I guess that's Um, fair to say. With jihad ammo, you don't just kill an Islamist terrorist. You also send him to hell. That should give would-be martyrs something to think about before they launch an attack. Um, no, you, wow. that's not in the religion That's not at how all. it works, like, bro. He was like, you works. should avoid eating pork. He didn't say, if pig blood touches you, you go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, I don't think Islam would exist as a religion if, if, if Mohammed had been like, by the way, if a pig touches you, you go to, you go to, you go to <laughs> yeah. the hell immediately. God. Like, people would be like, okay, this is kind of like, what? <laughs> Yeah, sorry to go um, on this tangent. I just yeah again. No, but it's it's. Uh, oh, also, it uh, says that they might have plans yeah. for a sequel, according to Morrissey. Oh, fingers crossed! Fingers <laughs> crossed. The only way it could be better is if they brought in the musician Morrissey, who might oh. actually work with them on this. And it's yeah. it's the musician Morrissey teaming up with Steven Seagal to fight that fall from probably grace. Probably Antifa. Yeah. Probably Antifa. Yeah, probably Antifa. Probably Antifa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so well, chapter sorry, 01. Okay, continue. We start with <laughs> chapter 01, which in and of itself is kind of baffling. Actually, you know what we're going to start with before we get into chapter 01, Shireen? I'm not going to say Raytheon again. I already did that joke. But, no, no, um, no. We already did Raytheon. But there's other things that advertise on us. You know, it could be um, dick pills. It could be... Dick pills, uh, machetes. Dangerous dietary supplements. Um, oh, really? It could be stuff that's basically speed, because thanks to the state of Utah, uh, dietary supplements are effectively unregulated in the United States. Um, oh. There's a lot a of things discount code could for be. that? Uh, yeah, discount code, your heart will explode because this is just uncut ephedra. Um, okay, let me write so, that down. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Your heart will explode because <laughs> this is just uncut ephedra. Um, that's wow. that's our discount code for 20% off what is effectively speed. But okay, it has cool. a guy with muscles on the bottle, so it's a... You can it's trust a, it. It's a... Yeah, it's unregulated. America. America. Joe, Joe Arpaio's America. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. So we're back and we're talking about the way of the Shadow Wolves. Chapter 01, Tribal Police, America's Frontline in the Desert. It starts in italics with the paragraph that's setting the scene. So, Shireen, close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you. I want. I want. Okay. I want you to embody this world. I want you to to taste it and smell it and all all okay, of it. Okay, my eyes are closed. Okay, my eyes. Are, okay. Okay. This is my in meditation for the day too. I skipped meditation this morning. Mm-hmm. In a darkened Arizona movie theater, a somber male voice provides commentary over the Native American chanting and drumming that plays in the background of a documentary film. Perhaps the great greatest morality play in American history is what occurred in the struggle between Indian tribes and those in the U.S. government who were hell-bent on civilizing them. Throughout history, the conquering of the land that once belonged to Native American tribes, which were actually nations in their own right by those who migrated here from other parts of the world, was a legacy of cruelty and bloodshed. So far... He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm just expecting yeah. the other foot to or shoot it. Yeah, because again, we know he thinks the Texas Rangers who helped to do this were rad as hell. So yeah, yeah he yeah. talks about you know the forced relocations of 250 different tribes, uh, the Trail of Tears, the Bureau of My Indian eyes are Affairs. still closed, by the way. Okay. Yes. Um, the government encouraged the creation of tribal constitutions, out of which came the tribal police departments. Within these departments was the genesis of the great trackers, many of whom were shadow wolves. <laughs> Um, I have to know before we make fun of this, if this is a thing he's invented or if it's a real concept, he's just butchering. I I really hope it's just some fiction bullshit because I can't. Oh, no, no. This is a real immigrations and customs enforcement tactical patrol. 
uh, tactical unit. It's part of ICE. They track well, smugglers through uh, Tohono uh, Odom Nation territory. Um, so it's an ICE thing. It's not like some Native American. No, like, it's an ICE. It's an ICE unit. They're the first federal law enforcement a- agents allowed to operate on Tohono land. Uh, they are part of an, a treaty with the Tohono where the U.S. government agreed that officers of this unit would have at least one fourth native american ancestry um there's only like 15 of these dudes but this is a real thing i guess um okay that's an actual this is an actual thing does that mean i can't Um, make fun of it no i think we can make fun of steven seagal's coverage of it also in 2020 the sonic the hedgehog film dr robotnik remarks that he learned his tracking skills from shadow wolf so there you go shireen well Um, Famed, famous Shadow Wolves, Dr. Robotnik and Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, this is a real thing. It's a part of ICE, which makes me inherently suspicious. But it's also the result of Native Americans getting a treaty with the government where they agreed, if, if, if you'll let feds onto your land, we'll make sure they have indigenous ancestry. So I don't know. I'm not going to. But that sounds like, like a, it, it's uh, not my call yeah. at all to make. So there you go. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. It's a thing that happened. Yes, yeah, um, the thing that happened. Yeah, or is that exists. The closing moments of the film arrive, and the credits start to roll as the narrator continues. Native Americans have an innate and powerful spiritual connection with the Earth and its creatures, an understanding of the true nature of all that is on this planet and how it works in the perfect balance of cause and effect. An elite group within the Native American communities, known as Shadow Wolves, are part of this perfect balance and are the best of the best, with the ability to see what can't be seen with the eyes. They know without having to be taught. They blend in easily with the night. Right from wrong is ingrained in their souls, which makes them able to stand against evil no matter the cost so these I are guess like that's superhero ninjas like yeah like, that's I don't... what we're yeah that's what we're le- being led to believe i'm sure they're good at tracking you know and it, of it, course it, but like there's a long uh, history of indigenous people tracking for the u.s and sometimes against like they, there would be apache trackers that would help the u.s government hunt down apache bands um, because they probably had no other choice yeah, I'm not. I mean, obviously, that's too complex a history for us to just like. That's true. That's about. true. It's just I don't want to. That happened. There's certainly criticisms of those guys. Absolutely, but it happened. Um, and then there were Native American uh, code talkers, Navajo code talkers in particular, um, who helped during World War II because nobody in the Axis uh, understood what they were saying, um, mm-hmm. which I think is less problematic because you know the fucking Nazis. Um, right. So yeah, whatever. It's like it, 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 this ice unit is part of a long tradition, you could say. A man sits alone, quietly watching the film in the back of the darkened theater. He stirs in his seat and comments to himself, "It's about time." John Goad <laughs> rises slowly from his seat. So we're we're writing all this in present tense, which is baffling, a mm-hmm. weird call to make. He stirs. <laughs> Uh, and continues viewing as he backs up, slowly making his way out of the theater. <laughs> so he gets up from watching a movie and backs up out of walks, he walks backwards, backwards out of the movie theater. Yes, he walks they backwards. specifically <laughs> let us know that he ba- walks back out of the movie theater. That's the end of chapter one. Wow. Is this guy who is a John Goad is his uh, his self insert Shadow Wolf character who is watching alone in a movie theater, a movie about the thing that he is. And then he then walks backwards out of the theater so he can watch the credits. That's a baffling um, opening. Um, yeah, really paints an image. Chapter two, Deep State in the Desert. 
Oh, God. The Arizona desert sky was full of color as the sun set, and the spirit of the night began to stir. The clouds, a brilliant orange, were hanging on the horizon, with sun rays lighting them from the bottom up as the daylight crept behind them. Oh, my God, what a sentence. We have to diagram again. I'm sorry. The clouds, comma, a brilliant orange, comma, were hanging on the horizon, with sun rays lighting them from the bottom up as the daylight crept behind the mountains, comma, off in the distance, (laughs) but not too far from where a man named John Goad was standing, period. Wow. Wow. <laughs> We're reaching Shapiro levels already. I am wow. in- I'm very impressed so far. Shereen. Can you remind you. me of the protagonist's name one more time? Are they going to always John call him Goad. by his two names? Yeah. He has a longer <laughs> name. Um yeah, there's a dust devil, yada yada, this tall, lean man who in the approaching darkness could easily have been confused with a saguaro cactus. I've spent a lot of time in the Arizona desert at night. I've never confused a man for a saguaro, but I'm maybe at a great distance, I guess. Um, I do want to say, I, I just looked in, it up. Yeah. Uh, the, the last name Goad, the origin is, uh, it's a name for a person who has performed good deeds and acts of kindness. Ah. So... Definitely not Steven Seagal, (laughs) human trafficker. Uh, He's also tall and lean, which Steven Seagal certainly is not a lean man. Anyway. Yeah, he's uh, projecting here. This is his self-insert for sure. This is the ideal man. He's going to be an ubermensch for sure. He was fully aware of a man standing behind him, about 80 feet away in the desert foliage. At first, that man seemed to be taking photos of the evening desert that lay some 30 miles south of Phoenix and less than 10 10 seconds from Washington, D.C. What? At first, that man seemed to be taking photos of the evening desert that lay 30 miles south of Phoenix in less than 10 seconds from D.C.? How? What? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the Native American, maybe I guess he threw the internet or something, like a smartphone, I guess. Yeah, sure. The Native American, John Nantan Goad, had classic chiseled features and was born and raised on the reservation, which Steven Seagal was not, leaving it at age 18 and grad after graduating high school to join the United States Marines, which Steven Seagal also didn't do. It was clear even in boot camp that he had something unique going on that had its genesis in the words of his grandfather who had taught him the old ways starting when he was 13 years old. I can't diagram all these sentences i just need you the listener to know none of them are legal sentences this book is a crime against grammar in a way that has already surpassed (laughs) surpassed ben shapiro well Um, again i couldn't have been more wrong when i said this might be better i was just shocked by the quality of joe arpaio's writing (laughs) it takes it takes a very big person to admit they were wrong about two very horrible things i will say this joe arpaio hired someone who knew how to broadly speaking craft a sentence um Broadly, and steven very seagal broad. and very this broad. morrissey guy did not his spirit was totally connected to the land he knew that when he walked this desert he was just stepping where many brave bold and sometimes naive men who preceded him once walked he could feel their energy and sense their spirit with the ways things were playing out in their culture how they had been led down a path of total dependence on an elite group of politicians who were concerned only with absolute power nothing more nothing less he's thinking about a lot of weird shit he could hear what sounded like clicking behind him as the sound rode the desert air to his animal-like ears (laughs) what Oh my uh, god. We get a real Legolas what do your elf eyes see moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were others who had joined the man, but there was no conversation accompanying their arrival. The one with the camera device used hand signals to... Co- it's just a camera. You can just call it a... Ca- we know what a camera... It's not a, 
Okay. Used hand signals to communicate with them. About 20 feet from where John was standing was a rise in the land. He proceeded with what he was doing, despite the action behind him, moving slowly through it while shaking his fist in the air. This was his grandmother's old ways method of bidding the sun a good night and asking it to return in the morning. As he was ceremonially dancing and chanting towards the rise, he suddenly dropped to his knees. There he began his shaman-natured ritual, celebrating the spirit of the wolf, the dominant creature of the night. As he chanted, a shadowy wolf slowly approached him out of the encroaching darkness, kissed his forehead, and stood there for a moment watching him. What? Um, I don't Holy believe sh- this is authentic in any way. Um, Was that even a question, man? Come on. No, no, no. I just, I have to, I have to state this because, it, one sec, let's, let's, there's a question we have to ask Google because I did typing? not come across this. Um, I want to know if Steven Seagal has any native ancestry. I looked it up. I looked it up, and a lot of people just say he's claimed it, and he's like, he's this definitely one claimed it. His paternal yeah. one article were Russian, where, like, yeah, yeah, he like made. Well, he has Russian uh, nation, his paternal nationality because it was Russian given to Jewish him. immigrants. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, his his but, his grandparents were Russian Jewish immigrants. His mother had English, German, and Irish and Dutch ancestry. Um, I don't, I don't think, think he's there's actually a single bit of evidence that he has Native American. He's he's really uh, tried to like sell it though. There are multiple articles where like he has yes. taken a reporter to like meet with the elders of the Mohawk tribe and like he's really trying to convince yes. people there. Like he says, like he spe- I, he feels a spiritual connection. He's like the Rachel Dolezal of yeah. Of I I that. He, this is full of shit. Um. And I want to make it clear that uh, I don't, number one, I would be surprised if any of these are actual uh, indigenous rituals. Um, But even if they are, uh, we're not mocking indigenous rituals. We're mocking Steven Seagal, who is culturally appropriating something that is yes. has nothing to do with him. Which is Good not to disclaimer. say, like, obviously, if you're writing fiction, you can write in indigenous characters and, and, and stuff like that. Like, obviously, you're not limited to just writing people who are in your ethnic group or religious group or whatever. Um, this is a bit different than that because he this character is Steven Seagal doing yeah. indigenous magic that he claims he can do because he lies and says that this is actually him. So again, right. that's what's wrong here. Not wrong as an author to 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 write about cultures other than your own. And in fact, but also like kind of how you avoid if, whitewashing shit. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but like let's just say even if. He does have some claim to that ancestry, even if he even is, if this is bad writing. Yeah, but like <laughs> yeah. he's purporting or like uh, explaining all these rituals and like his grandmother taught him this, grandfather mm-hmm. taught him that. Like that's definitely not true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everything he's saying to me is bullshit. And yeah, because his grandparents are Russian Jewish immigrants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no way um, he understands that upbringing. Well, and I have to, this like, he does this ritual and a wolf kisses him. And it's like, (laughs) you know, one of my favorite documentaries is, uh, is Grizzly Man, which is about this, this white dude who like went to live with grizzly bears for years Mm -hmm. in the Alaskan wilderness. And eventually they killed him. And one of the things that Werner Herzog does that's very good is he talks to indigenous Alaskans about what do they think of this guy? And they're like, he was really (laughs) reckless. You don't, we know you don't fuck with those animals. They're number one, very dangerous predators, but number two, by directly interacting with them, you're endangering them because if they kill a person, the government's going to want to kill that bear or whatever. Like all of this seems wrong to me is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Great documentary though. 
Yes, great documentary. After a moment, the animal turned and looked at the men who had stopped dead in their tracks as they approached from behind. The mysterious wolf's fierce eyes glared at them as they froze in place. He then slowly turned his glance back to the kneeling Native American, kissing his forehead again before disappearing back into the shadows. Two forehead kisses? Two forehead kisses. Give him two. Gives him two. This wolf loves Steven Seagal. Uh-huh. John heard movement coming from what sounded like three men. He got back to his feet and continued dancing his way into the darkness. He went behind the rise where he was able to observe them, but they could not see him. He was a ghost warrior known as a shadow wolf. Third time we've had the shadow wolves explained to us here. Ghost which is warrior. good writing. You need to three times explain yeah. a very basic point. One who could easily blend with the night. And then, uh, this is just a whole sentence, disappear into the darkness at will. Lacking a couple of things to make it actually a sentence. Wait, um, well, he already danced yeah. into the darkness, though. Yeah, he keeps doing it. He's dancing into the darkness. He's also being so they're going after cartel guys. It looks like here. They're yeah, and they're like apparently smuggling lines. jihadists. That's like the plot. And Is that like yeah? Yeah, but in this scene, they're going after cartel supply lines, and he's singing, um, <laughs> which I think actual indigenous trackers probably wouldn't sing while potentially going into dangerous territory with people who wanted to kill them that they were tracking. They'd probably mm-hmm. be like very quiet. Yeah, silent. Anyway, yeah, I think in general, if you track and hunt dangerous things, you don't sing because it's you have to remind the people, though, that they're Native American characters with all these rituals. You just have. That's how would we know they were if they weren't chanting? Yes. Um, Okay. so uh, Jesus Christ. As suddenly as so, yeah, he's he sees these these people uh, who are, I guess, tracking John and he's tracking them and then they disappear when the wolf sees them. Uh, he pulls a gun, but they're already gone. I thought that we had gotten them all, but maybe I was wrong. Never underestimate the deep state was John's lingering thought. We don't know actually who these guys are or what they're doing, but apparently they're the deep state. We learned right. at the end. Like it was unclear up to this point if they were part of his shadow wolf unit that he was moving through the desert with. I don't know. Uh, okay, so um, a few days earlier, things had started to get strange when he began hearing from a confidential informant that there were black SUVs doing a lot of driving in the night out where nobody was. Then who reported it? Um, He mentioned that a young tribal member who might be of some help to him for a price. John made it his business to find that person so he could get an idea of what he knew about the going. Jesus Christ. The big lawman tracked him down at the casino where he worked part time as a gopher errand boy. He quickly engaged the errand boy in conversation. So we're just really more than we need to be explained here. Um, So he starts talking with this guy who saw the weird people. Uh, John didn't have so okay Um, come on man before you go acting like you don't believe me you want me to show you where it's at you'll see what I'm talking about the rangy young Indian was gangly and of average height dark complexion with long black hair and a constant slightly hopeful smile he wore a black Billy Jack style flat top cowboy hat in his early 20s he didn't light up the sky with his brilliance John didn't have to think much before taking him up on his wait he didn't light up the sky he made a point he's he's dumb he's dumb okay yeah okay um, so the tall man drives with him to the campsite where this kid saw some shit. It was early afternoon when they got to the campsite. John found an assortment of tire tracks indicating there was more than a little traffic running through there. This was a remote area loaded with snakes and scorpions, despite Sweet Tooth, that's the kid's nickname's claim of wanting to be alone. It made no sense for him to be out there uh, in the middle of the night alone, but it made a lot of sense for the vehicles to be there. It was simple. Maybe the cartel had a new corridor. So this kid's suspicious, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um... Okay, Jesus Christ. Um, John, uh, so, okay, so, uh, 
John asked the kid, you know, was he out here to find himself? Uh, John asked, not looking his way, as he studied the tracks in the direction they were moving while he, in, in while he spoke. This was a common occurrence in the Arizona desert between the Mexican border and Phoenix. Something, he thought, extremely dangerous, and if left unchecked, could go... Jesus Christ, this sentence. This was a common occurrence in the Arizona desert between the Mexican border and Phoenix, period. Something, comma, he thought, comma, extremely dangerous, and, comma, if left unchecked, comma, ah... Uh, could cause the eventual destruction of the United States. Not a sentence. The deep state within the mainstream media kept the eyes of the country on the flood of illegals that were coming across the border. They painted them as simple people in need of a better life. It was a cunning distraction to take the eyes off the drugs that billionaire drug lords were pumping into the U.S. John knew why it was working and saw it as collusion between the paid-off media and the drug lords. His sense was that that the then presidential administration in Washington was using the media as their potent tool for forwarding their open borders agenda. He felt that they were poisoning the minds of the many who drank up what they were spewing like thirsty nomads in a desert oasis. What troubled John even more was that the country was asleep when it came to the OTMs, or other than Mexicans, coming across a virtually open southern border into the country. Um, Yeah, trying to... So, other than Mexicans are coming in to assemble a jihadi caliphate. That's what he calls it. His fear that they were already spread throughout the country. Yeah, you remember when all of those jihadis came in through Mexico... Right. Yeah, I remember that. The thing that happened, the thing we've been warned about happening for fucking years. We did um, it. We should have built that wall, you know? Yeah. It's, I, they've been warning, like, the right has been warning about a jihadi caliphate for fucking ever. And, like, it just never, nothing like it ever happened. I um, mean, it's just like one of those tactics that makes everyone fear every Muslim person they see, like their Muslim neighbors and anything that'd be like, oh, they're part they're I mean, I okay, I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast, but I was working like two years ago in a production office and this boss I had that I had worked with the entire year, she knew me very well, she knew I was Syrian, she knew I was raised Muslim. Um mm. we were we got into an argument about Scarlett Johansson playing uh an Asian person and goes in the shell. And her argument was all uh-huh. about like, how you're an actor, you can transform it to everything. Basically it ended no. and I was like, my face was a little disgruntled. And she was right across from me at the table and I was on my computer and she looks at me and sees my resting face, which is, I guess, mad. And yeah. she's like, uh-oh, Shireen's about to go jihad on us. And the entire oh my room God. laughs. The entire oh room God. laughs. And I'm like oh stunned. This is not a stranger. This is someone who knows me very well. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, the only thing I can utter was that wasn't appropriate. And then I was silent and then I just kept laughing at being like, you're so PC or whatever. Um, no, that's not yeah. like a, what the fuck? Um, I know, I know. And I couldn't really, Wow. a lot of my income, cause I'm freelance was coming from yeah. this one person. So I regret to have I, I never reported it because i was like i need yeah. money right I now mean, that's often how it works right is anyway you, my whole point is that everyone thinks every muslim person is part of the jihad caliphate yeah for sure or they're um, like one step away from blowing up physically yeah 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 anyway. it's um it's a good it's a good country shireen we're doing great um, anyway that's just okay, my little tangent so, he starts to build a connection with this kid who's into something sketchy and seems to be like he's young and he's dumb and he's on a bad path. And John Nantan Goad thinks about his own upbringing uh, with his grandfather who taught him the ancient ways, always in quotation marks. When he says old ways or ancient ways, it's always in quotation marks. And he does it like every page. Uh, He thought about the way he was guided and kept on the path by two people who cared about him and the way his life should be. 
Did Sweet Tooth have anything like that in his life? My name is John Goad. John Nantan Goad, he answered with a trace of sensitivity. Cool, I like that. You are this quiet guy who moves around like no one I have ever seen. You are a res man, and yet you ain't. He had a curious expression on his face, but he seemed sincere in a crude way. How does a dude get himself into a job like you got? A dude gets himself a high school diploma, for starters. You got one of those? So, okay, he's asking about how to be a cop. The dialogue is just the worst. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So he and this kid, he's 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 mentoring this kid. Mm-hmm. Um and then they talk he talks about a crime he saw, it's probably the deep state black bagging mm-hmm. somebody. Um okay. There was a feeling about this place that disturbed John, but he couldn't put his finger on what that feeling was. It stirred something in his memory that made him feel uneasy, though he couldn't quite get where it all came together. It seemed to take him back to things his grandfather had warned him about when he was spending time learning from the old man. Again, every page a reminder that he learned things from his grandfather. Right. Um, right. Yeah, he remembered being told he had the spirit of the snake in his bloodline, and gave and that gave him power over some people and many snakes. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works either. Um, it was, yeah. So he has power over some people and most snakes. It sounds like so that's good. Um, that's a fun power to have. Uh, da da da. Okay, so this just goes on and on and on. Um, they have an encounter with the guy with the gun. Uh, it looks like it's yeah. Okay, here we go. All right. So, um, so he meets a, uh, okay, he finds a, uh, a guy out in the desert, uh, with a gun and they have a little standoff. Um, and then he finds the body of a Caucasian woman. Um, her face was totally covered with caked bloody dirt and her teeth were all missing. He realized that he most likely had them in his pocket. Um, What? 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 Wait, how is that a? Uh, I must have missed a lot. Oh, okay. He finds teeth on the ground and he puts them in his pocket, which is not That's a what normal you do thing if you to were do. Investigating yeah. a crime scene, right? You would want to leave. Yeah. Clear human teeth, but he puts them in his pocket. Then he finds a dead white woman who's been horribly brutalized. Uh, and yeah, he decides to keep this a secret until he's run a DNA test and dental records, which again, not great law enforcement stuff. Um, so yeah, he reports that he's found this body in the desert. I'm going to guess she was murdered by the deep state or the jihadists because it's a white woman. So it has to have been the jihadists. Um, of course. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah, that seems to be, uh, where this, God, this is a long chapter and it's mostly just these repeated unnecessary conversations between this kid who we're supposed to see as the 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 guy he's mentoring, um, and uh, and Steven Seagal's self insert character. Um, he does call CSI, and uh, he does actually report the dead woman eventually. So so that's good. Um, I don't know. He eventually does his Here's job. The, you mean he eventually does his job? So that's the end of chapter one. He thinks it has something to do with the deep state, even though he's just found a dead woman in the desert. But he's certain this is this has something to do with the deep state. Um, he couldn't shake the notion that this could have something to do with the international deep state, the hidden actors who played hard with the truth and understood the real game and its dark rules. So that's the end of chapter two. Um, if we ever come back to this, chapter three start. The title of chapter three is "Hot Girl Bad Boys," so you could be excited oh. for that, Shireen. 
we're gonna we'll see, miss that we'll see part? how this goes okay yeah yeah i mean we're at an hour and 14 minutes we've talked about steven seagal for too much uh too long i mean it was fun i had a good it was time. okay i mean fun <laughs> is a stretch robert but yeah sure. fun is a stretch tolerable yeah. is a stretch not me wanting to uh go off into the desert and kiss a wolf uh is a stretch forehead kiss robert forehead a kiss two forehead kisses that's amazing two forehead kisses he just he wrote that right into a book and thought like this is gonna people are gonna this is gonna kill you know this is gonna but be look bad. at this cover i look like shit. a badass yeah yeah people love it when i steven seagal totally real native american uh kiss get kissed by wolves because i'm just so in tune with nature and the wolves save me from the deep state. Um, anyway. <laughs> even, even you saying that is yeah, abs- it's just funny to me. It's it's nonsense. Like I said, we may or may not come back to this. We'll see how people like it. It's, I think, worth at least getting into the bones of this nightmare story. Shireen? I do want to say I apologize. I didn't know we were talking about Steven Seagal today until right when we were recording so i didn't listen to the other ones so if i repeated myself i apologize please don't come for me on reddit i'm afraid of all of you um (laughs) people could always use a refresher on steven seagal and well um you know it's one of those things i think it was worth kind of covering everything around this book how it was marketed the forward i don't want to go through this chapter by chapter like we did with ben shapiro because for one thing it's super long and just interminable but we might if we come back we might do like a greatest hits where we actually yeah. go through those like most horrible points and you know find articles about Get some good go quotes the you text know and yeah. read the actual text of the very worst parts yeah you know, that makes sense we could we could I mean, do a follow-up that way that but, excerpt that i that i picked apart with the the pig's blood yeah, thing is outrageous. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, <sighs> we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, but right now I'm going to get a refund on this piece of shit because <laughs> I don't want Steven Seagal and Tom Morrissey or whatever his fucking name is to get $3. No, um, please that's, don't. That is too much money for to be in either of their pockets. I wish we knew like the profitability, like a split between the two, like how much, how much goes to Morrissey. This book has has not made a lot of money. Um, Because like Morrissey didn't even get like a real headshot. He got a cropped photo from Facebook. (laughs) This did not. He did. He did. They were hoping this would do well and it did not because it's, um, it's unreadable. It's terrible. Uh, it's it's one of the worst things I've ever read in my life. Uh, it, it, they love it, comments it, too. It it compares poorly to True Allegiance. I mean, I I didn't know you went through that whole book chapter by chapter. That sounds like torture. We did. It was not, it yeah. was a nightmare. It took it was a really long things. time. It was one of you're, the worst things that ever happened to me. You're just a masochist. I've had people try to kill me. Robert, you <laughs> yeah. know this is your show, right? Like you can do whatever um, you want. You just choose to yeah. hurt yourself. You know what it's better than, though, is writing another 5,000 words, which I just sometimes you need a motherfucker to chill out. You just need to chill That's out fair. sometimes. That's you need fair. to not do everything in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so we talked about Steven Seagal today. And yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I am not in love with him. I, I mean, I definitely learned a lot about him today. I wasn't aware just how fucked up he was as a human being. So he's a monster. He's one of the worst people who's ever who's ever lived, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely Which one of the worst Stevens out there. 
Maybe the worst of the Stevens. Yeah, I would um, say so. I don't know if there's other. I'm sure there's a Steven or two who helped do some genocides. Um, yeah. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. It's very a colonizer's name. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Sorry to all Stevens out there. Please, I'm afraid of all of you. Um, no, this is anti-Steven I'm kidding, action I'm now. Kidding, I'm kidding. We do. A um, but yeah, thanks on, for having on me Stevens. on this um, this this ride. Um, I have nothing to say. Do we have any? Do we? Do you? Yeah. Do you have plugs? Do you have plugs for us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm Shireen. I'm sure you either hate me or love me if you're listening love. right now. But uh, I'm on Twitter at shirohero666 and Instagram at just shirohero. I co-host ethically ambiguous, bloody blah, blah. If you want to follow, if you don't, fine. Love that. That's All my right. plugs. Follow <laughs> shirohero. You can find. I have a fucking. I have a fucking novel. It's free, so you don't have to pay anybody for it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I forgot I think about it, that. I, it's congr- definitely I better to- than The Way of the Shadow Wolves. I mean, um, I forgot to congratulate you that you did that. So congrats. That's pretty cool, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it a minute ago. Um, but yeah, it's out now. You can find the uh, the ebook. It's being released sequentially, like sick. I don't know. A bunch of chapters will be out by the time you do this. Are Just you going to do an 18- audio book? Yeah, uh, we have one out right now as a podcast. Oh. If you go to After oh, the Revolution, yeah. wherever you find podcasts, you can also go to atrbook.com and get the EPUB. It's free. There's no ads. Go find it. Yeah just go there you go it's it's my book check it out uh tell me uh that i am the steven seagal of fiction when all i've really wanted to be is the joe arpaio of fiction wouldn't Um, that be such a hilarious uh discovery if people realize that you like wrote like steven seagal and you loved commas and stuff like that was mm -hmm. the big (laughs) that was that was his big that was his big secret secret. (laughs) that was his big secret is that robert can't write i've been i've been the ghost writer for steven seagal and ben (laughs) shapiro all along um absolutely anyway this has been an episode of a podcast where we Mm -hmm. read a book uh, next week we'll come back and we'll do another normal episode. So chill out. It's fine. We don't do this every week, but my God, I'm. Do you get hate when you do these things? No, no, actually people really like them. Yeah. Uh, most people, really, there's always literally everything we do. Some subset of people will be like, this was terrible. And if you keep doing this, I'm not going to watch <laughs> yeah. it, but yeah. traffic keeps going up. So it's like, well, whatever, like you can't please everybody all the time, especially when you're talking about, we have like, we're closing in on 5 million downloads a month here. Wow. So um, some people are not. It's, like, it's whatever. It's free. You know, next week yeah. there will be another two parter. And it's one of those things. Some people don't like episodes where we do talk about a doctor. Some people don't like the episodes where we talk about Nazis. Some people are just like, I'm here for the day. It's like, whatever. Tune in when we do the episodes you like or tune in every week. Yeah. It's all good. I don't like. And then everyone same, will always have an opinion. The same thing You're with not guests. paying for the podcast. So yeah. just enjoy it or not. Yeah. Same so, thing with yeah, guests. So, people are like, yeah. every single guest we have, multiple people will say, this is the best person. You should make them your permanent host. And other people will say, I would harm this person if I got the chance. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, what, what do they say? Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has three or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has three assholes. Yeah. A famous thing that every single ass person, mm-hmm. every single person has. But the book assholes. episodes seem to do really, really well and like people like them. So. Yeah, I think they're a good like, like rep- reprieve, you know, like a little yeah. lighthearted stuff. 
I don't know. I hope this was yeah. lighthearted. I mean, at the very least, you can imagine Steven Seagal getting a fucking forehead kiss from a wolf twice. Like he d- that's he sure did. Delusional. He sure did. And what the the thing that is really heartbreaking about this is um there would have there was a chance that if this had done well, we would have gotten away of the Shadow Wolves movie where Steven Seagal oh. had to play a tall, lithe Native American tracker getting kissed in the forehead by a wolf. And that and would have been the funniest thing in the world because yeah, he can really barely would've. move now. He can barely move. You watch him in his action movies. He just sort of stumbles in holding a gun and just stands there because, he, again, he can barely move. Um, it's amazing. I mean, uh, Sophie brought up a good point that – Oh, wait, was it someone? I don't remember who, who said this, but like he was already old when he started his acting career, you know, action star. He, career. Was, he, was, he was not a good action star. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's mobbed up is why people think he got a career in the first place. Right. Is that it was like a right. money laundering thing. Um, yeah. But I would love what I actually would would want most is for Steven Seagal to play Brett Hawthorne in the movie about true allegiance. Ben Shapiro's oh self-insert character, but everyone else to be like his wife, to be a young woman, like she's described in the book. Um, all the terrorists to be like these these terrifying like tactical operators and stuff, and just Steven Seagal having to fight his way through them, pretending to be the youngest general in U.S. history as he wheezes his way through action scenes. Wheezes. I want that yes. so bad. Crossover of a century, mm-hmm. really. Like Fox on, News Netflix. would love it. Do it, do it, you cowards. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, thanks for having me. The and episode's over. Blah, blah. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, starting May 6th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over 
over again and getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.